everyone, and welcome to Seal Partners. Woo. They're all about fresh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I am all about fresh. Isn't it like an ad slogan for something? Uh, yeah, but it's like that's Max Fresh Market. Oh, which that's is a, a local, local grocery, grocery store. Dang it! <laughs> fresh, so never welcome. frozen. You're welcome, Max Fresh Market. You're all about fresh. That's amazing that that has entered your brain yeah. so hard that you didn't even know. I've been listening to it for about 30 their, some odd years. I guess that's true. Their advertisement has worked. For yes. sure. Of course, I thought Max Fresh Market, I thought that used to be Piggly Wiggly. It did. Mm. Years ago, back when Piggly Wiggly was a thing out here in the South. Well, there's still, I can think of two Piggly Wigglies that still exist. Still? Yeah, near us. There are. There's a Piggly Wiggly in Hesmer, and there's a Piggly Wiggly in Simsport. Oh, actually, that's not a real Piggly Wiggly, that one. It says Piggly Wiggly, so you It has it on the outside want. of the building, but I think the diocese owns that. It says Piggly Wiggly. And they Wiggly. store foods and things in it there. It says Piggly Wiggly. It's real. Okay, it's real. Um, I'm sorry that you wanted to be so combative and start this off in an argument. I wanted I to be hope combative. But I you've been... <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you're having a good day. Uh, I'm having <laughs> oh a great God. day. I was. I uh, I will tell you. This turns like, into smartless. We just start crapping was, on one another. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then, well, we. I wish that we had the smartless ads. My God, we would have already done three ads by now. We'd have done three AutoZone ads. It should be called Shameless instead of Smartless. <laughs> well, that that name is already on a property. I guess that, that is exists. true. On a couple of properties. Yeah. But my goodness. I mean, it's just, I get it. You do what you got to do. But I'm like, surely these guys are still making money off of everything yes. they're doing. It's just, Absolutely they are. I guess it's one of those things you can, maybe money's just one of those things you can never have too much of. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't have those problems. <laughs> maybe when you start making good money, you feel like you have to sustain it. Yeah. I will say, like, finances have been on my brain so hard lately. Really? Yeah. I think just thinking about coming out of the pandemic and the things that I want to do and then being able to afford those things. We were kind of talking about <laughs> yeah. that last night. And I'm not talking about, like, oh, I want to go on a trip. I'm not talking about that. I'm just, like, for the business and But I would like to travel. Wanted. I mean, yes, I would love to. <laughs> yes, God, it's been so long since I've been on a trip. But it would be so awesome to, like, you know, leave... And then also be able to afford the things that we want. Yes. I just don't think, and I think it's because I, I can't come out of this and do something that we've already done. Yeah. You know, and I just want to make sure that we're doing something that is worthwhile. You well, know, yeah, you want to grow and challenge yourself. and I do. And I think it's such a good opportunity for rebirth in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I was talking um, today at work about this because it is spring and I was like, you know, spring is a representation of new life and I'm just, I'm really excited about what life is going to be like coming out of this because it's been a year of the crud and I'm just excited for moving forward. It's like winter is over and maybe I'm just super optimistic because we get our second vaccine on Friday. <laughs> right. So other people are like, winter is still here. We're like, no, it's over. Look at me. I'm in the sun doing a little dance. <laughs> it's like we're at King's Landing. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Um, but I I do want, like, you know, just, like, we, we were been talking all day today about 
some renovations that we want to do for play on and like our rehearsal space and yeah. what that's going to look like. And then also this podcast and the money that we're going to invest in the podcast and the space. And I'm just really excited about all of these possibilities, but I also am impatient. Yeah. And I want it to be like now, like we were talking about it in the car and I'm like already feeling like, okay, so whenever I get home tomorrow, I'm going to start. <laughs> and Lexi's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like there's, there's a planning period of like, yeah. no, 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 I don't, you know me, you married me. Like there's no planning period. Like there's we just planned. doing, yes. We did that today. We planned, but I'm trying really hard to grow and be better and actually put in a plan so that, you know, we don't go belly up, I guess. Yeah. Well, I know uh, I'm the same way as you in that I'm all or nothing when it comes to doing something like that. And when I was renovating the house a couple of years ago, it was uh, we had we had just wrapped tuna that mm. Sunday and that Monday. I started cutting holes in everything. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was I like, remember nope. saying to Lexi, I was like, I mean, he could have waited just like three days even <laughs> so that we could like rest a little bit and then I'd go help you. But you were yeah. like. Because I think I was supposed to help you do something with your air conditioning or something. And it was it was like, well, whenever we get in like a week. Yeah. And then I texted you like, hey, how's your how's your day off? And you're like, I've been in the attic for 12 hours. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I'm the same way in that I want to do something. So I have to pull the trigger. And I know that I'm a procrastinator a lot of times. So I. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's almost like a moment will pass you by. Yes. And you won't get that motivation once, back again. Yeah, once that sen sensation passes me, I no longer feel uh, inspired to do something. Mm -hmm. And then I, I guess I've just developed this this ideology that if if it didn't happen, it wasn't meant to. Yeah. And I guess that's either a lazy person or the artiste inside of me. I don't know what it is where it's like, I'll let the idea go. We'll just say it's 40-50. Yeah. 10% me just as a person. Yeah, just only 10%. You're just 10% of a person. That's, yeah. that's the problem. You're just lacking that other 90, whatever. I'm the other 90. You oh are. Oh, my God. You complete me. I more than complete you, apparently. <laughs> and compliment me. If See? anything, you're just like a tick. Wow. <laughs> Who's combative now? I've never compared a human being to a tick before. This was the first one. I am your succubus. This was the first time. Um, but I am so excited like some of the stuff that we were talking about today. I'm just yes. so jazzed about it. I'm so excited about the thought of us having like a permanent rehearsal space mm -hmm. and a place for us to finally put that fat head. Yes. Of us. Oh my gosh. And Lexi <laughs> can't say anything. We'll put it up on the she, wall. She will. Yeah, but it'll she be will. in a completely different locale and it won't be in her house. <laughs> so. It'll be not in the house. It there won't. You go. It's not in the house. It. She will own it. It just is not <laughs> in the house. <laughs> You're making it sound like the rehearsal space that we're building is somehow attached to our home, which yeah. is not. Well, it's it, not it, it, it is definitely detached from your home, but it is still a part of your home. Well, yeah, it's on our property. But I think if we if we put the fat head up of us and then we lacquer over it, it's permanent. Yeah, she can't do anything. Can't about do it. anything over it. I mean, I don't want to do that. I'm going to be honest. I don't want to lacquer over it. Absolutely I want, I, not. It's like getting a tattoo. I'm yeah, not, I'm not doing it. Sorry, because then just you have need to the, sand all that crap back down. Yeah, yeah. I just want to be able to change. You know, 
But I am really, really stoked about it. I think it's going to be cool or a massive failure, which is literally the explanation of every, or, you know, the description of everything I've ever done. Going to be cool or massive failure. I think, I think that's everyone. I don't think it's just contained to you. No, no. I am alone in the universe <laughs> in my experiences <laughs> as an artist. So no one else has ever had this experience. Never ever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There has never no been. No one can relate to that. <laughs> there has never been. <laughs> Even the people that person. were in those events with you. Growing up forever, my mom told me that I was one of a kind. And she did not lie. And she has never lied to me. So you can uh, take that to the a bank. She just said that because you were her only son. And that is true. But that's not the whole truth. But you're literally one of a kind to your family. You're her only son. Oh, my god! If you'd have been a third daughter... You'd I'm have about been one to third take of a, a kind. flea bath. <laughs> Get rid of this tick. <laughs> Put um, some dawn on you. Yeah, this is gonna be this is it. So, <sighs> uh, thinking about like change and everything like that, you were kind of talking earlier. We we well, we talked last time about, dude. I'm doing the. I'm doing it. <laughs> I just started it. Dots, yeah. I'm like segwaying us into a topic. <laughs> No one else can do this. This is also a scary day because we're we're both of us drinking out of glasses that don't have a flat bottom. Yeah, we're having to hold them. It's interesting. It's and I've had these glasses for a very long time. When you set them down, they they like sit at an edge. Yeah, they're kind of like the Coke can thing where if you have just enough in it, you can yeah. lean it to the side. But it's something to do with allowing certain amount of air in there. I don't really understand it, but apparently it's cool and they do look cool. Yes, I do like them, but. Uh, they are a little frightening. Yeah, I didn't want to set it down and have it spill on anything. <laughs> um, but okay, so I why don't I'll let you segue into whatever you want to talk about. Well, because you were about to say that we, you know we were talking about the Zack Snyder Justice League uh-huh. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we've both finally had the time to sit down and watch this. Now, I'm gonna be honest. Saga. I think I'm pretty sure that there were 20 minutes that I fell asleep. But I can't be certain. Yeah. Because I tried to watch it twice. And both, like the first time I tried to watch it, I was just kind of interested and started it right before bed. Yeah. Well, okay. And I was just kind of like, what is this going to be like? Did you I'm not just going to watch link? like 15 minutes and that's it. And then uh, the next time I watched it, I'm a little afraid that I might have just kind of accidentally checked out. But it's kind of hard to tell because I still got way more information. Yes. It's um the best way I've compared it is the original theatrical cut is like watching the movie of something and then getting this is reading the book. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely having someone's original vision being played out. Yes. As opposed to someone else putting their spin on it. And because you had said this earlier about how it's interesting to see how someone can come in to something that's such a good idea mm-hmm. and can wreck it. Yeah, I can totally wreck it. Yeah. And it makes me think of all those times you've talked about like Shakespeare that's done so wild. And I just think I don't imagine that could ever work in any yeah. universe. I mean, like I know I saw a version of Coriolanus that the entire thing was an MMA fight. And the whole thing took place. Is this on YouTube? No. <laughs> well, maybe. I, I don't know. I'd have to look. I would try to look it up. Um, but they put the whole thing in an MMA ring. 
and they were like MMA fighters, and somehow it worked. But Coriolanus is a very violent show. Yeah. But it was interesting how they played around with not like switching the text or anything like that, but just like how they made sense of the battles. Yeah. And those kind of things. It was interesting. Um, that was a for some reason immediately popped in my head. I hadn't thought about that show in ten years. I think I think maybe something that might be a more uh, closer juxtaposition for that or a representation of it might be if somebody had taken this this if somebody took into the woods, for example, and then they chopped up all of the scenes to where they're like trying to play with time a little bit where it's you know well, here's I can the third give it to you right now it's it's Hamlet you know so you've got you've got Hamlet you've got the stage version it's great you've got the filmed versions of it uh there are some like ones of note like with Kenneth Branagh and um with David Tennant which personally is my favorite just because I enjoy Tennant's performance a lot um and the relationship that they play around with between David Tennant and Ophelia. Yeah. And they don't necessarily make it all about the romanticism of it, but they make sense more of his crazy. Like, it's more calculated, which I enjoy. Anyway, we don't have to talk about that. But then you have those, and then you have Mel Gibson's Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, okay. And in the Mel Gibson version, they took the script, this amazing, beautiful work of art, and they flipped it upside down and just ran it over with a bulldozer essentially they they flipped up they they made the relationship between hamlet and ophelia like a very physical relationship which didn't make much sense also he looked way old he was blonde (laughs) don't understand the blonde thing but that was just a choice i mean danish i guess Mm -hmm. they were like oh we'll make him blonde um and they reorganized the order so they took it out of context yeah I mean, I had to go back and rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, every Hamlet of all time has started off with three words. I'm sorry, two words. Who's there? Mm-hmm. Every single every single Hamlet starts off, who's there? And it's from then on. It's supposed to be a game of oh, I don't really know what, who is there. Like, what's going on? Yeah, it's just interesting that that's the first question. And then anyway. Um, so it starts off that way, but in, in Mel Gibson's Hamlet, it doesn't start with a who's there. Yeah. It's just like, what what is what is going on? And they just <laughs> completely reorganized things, and they made him just crazy for being crazy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the fact that his dad was murdered by his uncle who just married his mom. It had nothing to do about that. It was, I'm just crazy. Yeah. Look at me, being crazy. It made no sense. It's It's so interesting to see how... You know, and and I'll use uh, this this kind of Zack Snyder verse thing as an example to that. In that, you can be so married to these ideas and these characters, and you know what story you're trying to tell. And then you have someone else step in, and they're not married to the material at all. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, "How crazy cool would it be if we just did this?" And then you know all of this other stuff. Yeah, we it doesn't have to make sense, but we'll make yeah. it about this concept here and to to just see i mean i will say the world of film is a very different oh yes 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 area different world but seeing someone else's take on an idea or a concept is so interesting to me because it's like you're speaking two totally different languages i'm seeing now Mm -hmm. and that makes absolutely no sense to me well it's just like how you can go and watch 
the same play over uh, like across the world and it's going to be different every single time the set will always be different the costumes the yeah. actors sometimes it'll be great sometimes it can be the worst play you have ever seen <laughs> yeah and i didn't mean to make that sound but, as negative as it is no no i'm just saying that like sometimes like certain people look at it and i almost like it's it's like turning something that could be very intimate and cool and like where you're telling a story because you believe in the story and then taking that and being like, you know what? This is what an audience wants. We're going to blow everything up and yeah. we're going to lead into the spectacle real hard and just push this thing over the mountain. Mm -hmm. See what happens. And I think that for me, the storytelling is always going to be more compelling. Yeah. Which is why in this particular version of the movie, I enjoyed it so much more, not just because it was a way better film, but because there was way more connection everywhere. Yeah. Everybody, like, I understood everyone's connection. I knew the storyline that linked them to why they were the way that they are. Yeah. And how they connect to one another. And I think, to me, that was 100% of the battle. Oh. Where before, it, yes. I was like, why is any of this happening? This makes no sense. I hate this. Yeah, I'm not connected to, to any of it. But it's... Which I think is why I hate spectacle. Yes. And theater. And I want to see, you know. <laughs> yes. Now I know that I made it snow in Christmas Carol. Well, it's like an intense amount of spectacle. I for think me. that I think the difference <laughs> is that I could watch something with a paper thin story, but it has such compelling characters in it mm -hmm. that it makes me root for someone. It makes me hate someone. It makes me just just fall in love with this character over here and 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 just loathe the other one. And and I love that. Whereas something that could be, wow, that was a great story, but that was terrible yeah. on every other front. That seems to be what everybody is saying about uh, Audra Day, the, the, that amazing singer who's in the um, Billie Holiday movie. Mm -hmm. So that apparently her performance is flawless and she's so amazing, but the script is so bad. Yeah. It's like I've never... Like all of the reviews and everything that I've seen people post about it, they're like, I've never seen such an amazing performance in such a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she won a Golden Globe for it, I think. Yeah. It's just wild. Of course, you get into the whole like editing thing and, you know, they can chop up something. I mean, there's that's a reason why I absolutely terrible. despised acting in movies and didn't mm -hmm. want to do it. It was mm -hmm. like, this is not my world. I do kind of think, you know, as far as theater goes, have I ever done that to someone else's work? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like this doubt inside of me being like, have I been, you know, because it's so easy to be a critic. It is so easy oh, to yes, be a critic yes, yes, and yes. to look at someone else's work and be like, oh my gosh, can you believe? Like, and there are certain people that make a living of being professional critics, not because they're getting paid to write things, but just. You know, it's way easier to dissect someone else and their works yes. than to try to do something scary and produce it on your own. I'm not sure if we've ever talked about that before, but I do think that that is a really big thing. Just mm -hmm. constantly, always looking at the negative of everything instead of finding the positive in it. Well, it's, it's how we, as people, are comparative. It's like we yeah. can always locate what we don't like about something rather than always talk about what we did like. Right. It's kind of like in acting class, I have to work really hard at getting other people to watch something objectively in the sense of if someone is doing a monologue 
and the rest of the class is watching. When I go around and I, I, before I give my feedback, most of the time, I will ask the people who are watching the other students to tell me what they thought. Yeah. Like, okay, so this was what you just saw. What do you think about this? And a lot of the times, if I don't, if I have not already done my speech about like, hey, this is the way that we talk about people's work. This is the way that we move forward. This is how we be constructive. This is what you should say. Yeah. Then they will immediately say, I didn't like it whenever you did this. I didn't like this and I didn't like this. Yeah. Never do this again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Instead of what I always say is you have to lead with something that you enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I really like that you are doing this thing. I think that you could, I think, like, I understand why you did this. Yeah. I feel like exploring this other option might be interesting. Mm -hmm. And it may not work. And sometimes it's true. It may not work. Yeah. But I think the minute that you start going into, like, I hate this, I didn't like this, it it makes, it's like, what, you're on on some pedestal now? Like, you're the be-all, end-all? Like, this is the only way it should be done? Like, that's not true. There's so many ways to do just one thing. Yeah. That's just like in uh, in Timberly's monologue in our class. I'm just going to call out people's names. Why not? Um, <laughs> right. In Timberly's monologue, she's doing a Cleopatra monologue, and she saw the monologue completely different than I did. Yeah. But whenever I watched her do the monologue, it changed the way that I saw it. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean that I was wrong or that she was wrong. Yeah. We're both right. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's what I love because the the Judith Weston book, I cannot give this book enough praise, honestly, about sort of meeting actors where they are a lot of times when you're directing and asking, you know, well, what do you think about this? And there's this story that she has in there where an actor asked, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'm really getting this. Uh, do you think that I, maybe it was on The Sopranos where the, the actor was like, did, did I kill the horse or did I not kill the horse? And the director said nothing. And just stood there, and then the actor was like, I don't think I did it. And then he said that the director came back to him and said, we'll play it that way. Just like giving giving the agency to the actor in that way and never just berating them in that you stick to only your vision. Like yeah. we, can, we can both have a different vision, and it can change and morph, and we can meet in the middle and have yeah, this so idea of what this, this person is. for a reason. Yes. And if I tell you hey, this is what's going on, and you don't feel it that way, then your performance is going to be terrible. Yes. It's not going to be honest. So what's the point in it? If if I feel like it has to be a certain way, then I should just do it. And one of the things I have to commend you on is you always say, uh, well, what do you think all the time about all the little actions? Well, what do you think about, what do you think the character is thinking? What do you think is going on here? What do you think... And I love that you're giving that agency to that person and you're trying to see what they're thinking about. Like, how did you arrive at this conclusion? Well, I think so many times, especially in an acting setting or really just in any setting, we do things and we don't necessarily think about why. Yeah. And when we're doing a scene or we're saying a person's lines, we kind of forget sometimes that they are calculative. Person, yeah. That they are, they're saying these things for a reason. Mm-hmm. So Why? Why did they say it this way? There's a reason for everything. Yeah. Especially in Shakespeare, but in all all text. They phrase their words this way because of a certain something. And what is that something? Yeah. And you have to know. And the more specific you are, I will say that I was on like cloud 
nine whenever I was told that I got a job a hundred percent like a hundred percent because of my specificity. Mm. Like we cast you because you were incredibly specific about what you were saying and who you were talking to in the in the audition. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. Yep. And I was like, man, I I thought that I was being like I was in my mind, I wasn't going in there trying to be sp- specific. Yeah. About those things. I was just going in there being like, all right, go moment to moment mm-hmm. and really work through the piece. Yeah. But in doing that, it became off it, it came off as me being super specific mm-hmm. about what I was saying and who I was talking to. Yeah. So I think that if you're just honest and you, you know, just go into the monologue thinking, okay, I just, I'm doing this and where is this going to, where's this road going to take me? Yeah. Then you'll end up being specific. But it's, it's awesome that, you know, in, in watching, you know, Timberly do her monologue, you were giving her the opportunity to find those specifics. Yeah. I know it's kind of, I don't, I don't know. It's probably like bad of us as us having this podcast and people listening to it that aren't necessarily from here. Um, but Timberly is in a, one of our acting classes. And yes, she's yes. been in a Christmas Carol with us, and we just absolutely love her. And she's super talented, and she has no reason to be, and it's not fair. <laughs> 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 but she's just so good, and it's like a it's a very natural thing. And you know, it's one of those things. Like I feel so jealous whenever I watch other people just sit down and like play the hell out of the piano, you know, and yes. the guitar, and they just. I'm like, how are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that possible? You and you knowing that they've never taken a lesson or anything like that. Like, that's yeah. what I think when I watch Timberly. I'm like, this isn't fair. Like the amount oh. of time and effort that I have spent to get to this point, the training, the the shows that I had to go through just, to get just here, everything, the amount of blood, sweat, and tears that I've poured in, and and watching you do it so effortlessly. Like, mm, did it look like I was doing that? Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> it's like, yes, it looked that way. Uh, Even if you weren't necessarily feeling it, it did look that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's that is just really awesome. But that's I mean, it something, just shows you how raw talent is. Oh, know? yes. And that's something else, too, that I find interesting. Speaking of other people's takes on things, how we as actors can approach, like you could approach a role and then I could approach, like we could audition for the same thing. Two very different takes on We've it. We've already done this. We've we played the same role in the same show before. Oh yes, yes, obviously. <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying. Like but we yes, can we have could. we could be on a spectrum of what we think mm-hmm. plays but well you know what is to what our strengths are. Is that being somebody who has sat on the other side of the table in very many different ways as far as in the audition process, you will see people come in if there are a hundred people that audition there will be 75 people that make almost the exact same choice. Oh, yes. And it is so strange. And then you have, you know, like, I don't know, 20 people that are kind of like, oh, that was that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. And then it just keeps getting smaller until there's like, oh, wow. That, and then you have like two or three people that just absolutely blow you away. Yes. And you have to think, are they blowing me away because I've seen the same choice be made everywhere else that <laughs> yes. now this seems revolutionary. Yeah. I don't know. But it does it does show you that just, you know, going in and treating the material like your own and mm-hmm. not necessarily trying to copy what you think it should be. Yeah. That's gonna 
get you all the way there well, every that's, time. That's one of the things that I try to do personally is I I try to look at something and I think, is this too obvious? Am I making an obvious choice? What is what is another approach here? Does this work better? Yeah, and I think it's it's hard to know what you're supposed to do because sometimes the obvious choice is obvious for a reason and it's yeah. because that's the choice you're supposed to make. Yeah. And so do you then fall into a trap of being like, all right, I just want to try to make my audition so unique that now this makes no sense in the context <laughs> yes. of anything that I'm doing. So why in the world they were going to be like, this dude didn't read the play. <laughs> yeah. But he it's literally almost... set himself on fire. I don't understand. <laughs> it's crazy. But it's, it's like you were talking. I don't know if we said this uh, on mic or off uh, the other night about how it does kind of bleed together sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of like we've talked three times today and I've, I've been like, wait a minute, is this a podcast conversation? <laughs> yeah. Is this, is this a us being friends conversation? Is yeah. this us in theater working together towards a common goal? But you were, you were talking about um, that uh, that actress who, who was in that audition and she asked for a, a glass of water or something and then goes oh about God. the rest C. of the J. scene. C.J. Miller, I'm going to call you out right now. C.J. Miller actually lives back in Baton Rouge now. And it is my dream that one day... I will somehow convince her to just make a small trek up to our part of central Louisiana to be in a show. And knowing that we don't deserve her talent, <laughs> but just wanting it so yeah. bad. She's so good. But yes, this was in uh, her audition for The Seagull. Mm -hmm. Well, it's your story. I can't tell it. Oh, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I set you up. For I was my like story teeing just... you up and you were like, OK, yeah, uh, tell the story. And I went, I don't I don't know it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure if we have talked about this on or off, but yeah, she just the just the the moment of her in the script, she asks for a glass of water and it's not written that the water is ever really that nothing nothing is ever really done yeah. more about that. Uh Treplev My god, that's that's his name, right? Doesn't matter. Treplev shows up and he's going to bring her the the water he's like goes to get her water and she's talking 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 and then she just kind of walks away mm -hmm. forgets about it so he like in the scene they're doing it and i've seen like these people do a whole bunch of them and she sat he like he sat the water down and then as the scene is going on and on she gets stressed out at one point in the scene and she sits down and just holds out her hand towards him and it feels like it's already been five minutes and she's holding out her hand, and he stares at her, and you could tell that the actor actually didn't understand what was going on because they hadn't communicated. Yeah. And he was like, what? And you saw it dawn on him that she was way better at storytelling than yeah. anyone in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and he went and he got the water from where he left it, and he brought it over, and he put it in her hand. And it was like what in the world like just that small tie-in yeah and just showing that her brain was so scattered that the character's brain was just jumping from moment to moment like she just and that it was all scrambled yeah it was almost like she in the, in just that one moment totally unscripted she directed herself in that and it just was so brilliant and simple yeah there was nothing overacted about it and it was one of those things of i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna assume that everyone in the room has been laser focused watching me this entire time because you know you could miss it yeah but she was just so captivating that you couldn't look away but that's, i mean i hope that she gets 
a thousand opportunities to be in that show right everywhere so that people can see her perform that role because to me she is always always going to be nina yeah but that's that's one of those things where you're you you are following the script and you are making a choice that probably no one has ever made before i have never seen anyone do that and i don't think that i ever will but if i ever direct that show it's going in there because it's so easy to to do the hey can i have a thing can i have a prop basically and then you just immediately take it but if the yeah. scene calls for you to be manic and kind of like all over the place and scatterbrained and then you you do something like that and you're just what and i don't know if she told him before or not but the other actor just truly had no idea. It seemed like it was like a genuine shock. Like his shock was also ours. And then his realization was also <laughs> he ours. He was figuring it out in real time with the audience. Yes. That's great. <laughs> and, it's, and it was like, I don't know if she calculated that or not, but it was just absolute brilliance. But yeah, if you are in, uh, you know, Baton Rouge, I think she's doing, she was doing a Doll's House Part 2, I think I saw on her Instagram and Still Magnolias before the pandemic at mm. uh, Little Theater Baton Rouge. Or the theater Baton Rouge TBR TBR yeah, which we should little theater definitely I think see was, her in. was something different. I don't think that theater exists anymore. But TBR yeah she she was in a uh, she was in those shows. But I'm excited to see. I hope that she's sticking around. Yeah, because oh my gosh, just what dreams may come if she could come up here and be in a show, one of our shows. That would just be so awesome. Anyway, we could also, like, uh, super gender nice. bend Atticus for her. I. Oh my God, she would make a killer scout though. <laughs> but yes, we could. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Oh my gosh. She would make way better acting choices than anyone that was in that role ever could in my mind. She's very smart, calculated. I think it's just so easy to overlook the little things. Yeah. And you know, that's really what those, when you're doing a monologue, it's all about. It's all about the small things and how they tie in together mm -hmm. to tell a whole story. Because it's hard to remember, you know, Sometimes we get so caught up in the acting of something that yeah. we forget that it's really about the doing. Yeah, because sometimes you can get so so hung up on, oh, this thing is so long, I kind of just want to get through it. Yeah. And then you forget to to have those little moments and kind of like... You what forget you were, that you're experiencing it. Yes. What you were talking about when you first handed everybody in the class the uh, uh, Shakespeare monologues, you know, go out and and look at which ideas... Or it's basically beating your script 100%. Yeah. But it's like, look at which ideas connect to one another and what are they telling us? Yeah, go full thought to full thought. Yeah. Every single time. That's and then growing moment if, to moment. Yeah, if you break it down in that way, you you will make a choice uh, to say it a certain way, to act it a certain way, and it will segment it in your mind that you've done this, now you're doing this. It's also now kind you're of doing interesting this. to do that in the very beginning because then you're also experiencing it in a genuine way, just like the character would be. Yes. So like I am now experiencing, okay, so I said this and this is the way I feel about it. Oh, and now I've said this. Yeah. Interesting. So that's a different feeling. So I'm now feeling like what it would be like to be having this genuine thought for the first time. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I don't know. I, I do think that watching someone perform a monologue as if they're doing the entire play is some of the best stuff ever um so thinking about this i was i was thinking a lot about you know 
the purpose of theater. I mean, I feel like I'm always thinking about this and maybe I'm just becoming a broken record. You're in your feelings. I'm always because yeah, we're like on the like cusp of potentially opening up. Always in my feelings lately. Um lately. but I want me 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 me. Um we're like 6 months into this journey. <laughs> I uh yeah, six months of therapy so far. Yeah. Like 30 episodes of therapy. <laughs> I've got 30 hours of therapy. What do yeah. you have? <laughs> About 20 minutes of that. Uh-huh. Uh, but I I want to make sure, like, I, I was thinking about... I'm actually about, your therapist. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> the rest I, of the world uh, gets to listen. I mean, you are a psychology major. Does it make me a therapist at all? No one knows. I'm not qualified. No one knows. I do want to clarify that. Um, so thinking about coming out of the pandemic and just seeing where we've been and what we do. And I've always thought about theater as the most important thing. And that I understand that, you know, people have to live and eat and work and that stuff. But I think that food for the soul is more important. Yeah. And it's, it's like healthier in a way for me Um, that you're, you know, you're not like necessarily appealing to people's stomachs, but you are appealing to their minds and their hearts. Yeah. Um, with theater. So I just, I find that incredibly important and that it should be preserved. But thinking about, you know, when all of this happened, the entertainment industry was hit so hard and there's like no relief for it and people don't seem to understand. And it's like, okay, so if, this thing that's important for people to watch and there's all this entertainment, but like you don't realize that that's someone's job. Yeah. And that all of these actors that, you know, do regional theater across America that are in New York on Broadway or, you know, wherever they can't work. Yeah. And they still aren't working. There's been a full year on unemployment, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of them couldn't get on unemployment. And what are they doing? And how yeah. are they living and surviving? And really, they're all making podcasts. And I understand that <laughs> in some way. But, like, why, if theater is so important and performing and entertainment is so important, why wasn't it more important to save yeah. in a sense? Like, why wasn't more done? And it's hard for me to kind of wrap my head around that, like, to battle, okay, so if people don't think it's important, then is it really? Yeah. I, I don't have an answer to this. This is just something that's kind of, and maybe that none of that made sense and it's possible that it didn't. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's just kind of like this jumbled mess in my brain and I'm working through it. I think that we can definitely, I, I will say for me personally, that not having an outlet or a program growing up uh, in the same way that, you know, there are plenty of opportunities now, um, which are not a part of the educational system, which is incredible to me that anyway, yeah. that's a, that's a whole topic I think we've covered before, but not having that. And then, you know, finding that in my, you know, early adulthood and finding a way to express myself and an outlet for me to, to fall into is it's incredible to me that, that that's the first thing that we always cut. Yeah. Every time. And it's like, I I just don't know that I'm ever going to need to know how to make monkey bread. But thanks, home <laughs> economics. <laughs> I mean, that's just not for You've me never personally. never monkey bread. <laughs> and I never will because you married a, be- a wonderful cook. That's, that is true. 
That's true. Um, but yeah, it's just like it's so geared towards trying to be this umbrella of things. And I can tell you, I have never used calculus a day in my life since I graduated high school. Yeah. Even in college. I took the simple math. Now, I will say, <laughs> I can't even tell you my college math experience because it was basically like, you know, acoustics. Um, <laughs> this is what it was called. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, measurement of sound. Interesting. Uh, well, there was actually there was a whole other course that I don't even remember the name of it. And I couldn't tell you the first thing that happened in there. I do know that he was really into Dilbert cartoons. Like I just that's the only thing I remember. Um. I will I think say I that everything I needed to know about that person. Yeah, me too. He, it was kind of looked a lot like that guy. But I will say that even though on like a global scale or the whole of America, what's interesting is that in our small community, our community let us know that our theater is incredibly important. Yeah. And our community kept us open. Yeah. And how crazy that is. And I think that's the thing that, that like solidifies in my mind that theater in small communities is so huge because the recognition from the our awesome community members that were just like, no, we have to do what we can to make sure this stays open. It is important. It is it is not just important because our kids are into it. It's important because it's good for our community. Yeah. That this exists. And I just like, I mean, it makes no sense why they would feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> just it's it's wild. And how awesome that is. And I just wish that there was more like I think if there were more theaters in small communities that were like healthy environments. Yeah. That were doing things for the right reasons that it would almost be looked at as more important. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just kind of like talking about monologues. It's all about the small moments. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. Like it's all about the little the little areas that influence the big things. Well, it's 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 so cool to see, you know, I know you do these summer programs and you do these uh, Wednesday night classes for, yeah. for kids and things like that. And I see that, you know, a lot of this has to do with the, you know, their parents being like, this is a great outlet for our kids. We don't want this to go away for our community. And then you also have a lot of people who were involved in that, you know, in this small theater here in town uh, when they were kids and younger. Yeah. And they were like, I remember how I felt. I don't want this to go away from our community. Yeah, people have such a like an affinity for not the building, but like what it represents to yes. them. Which is amazing that after all of these years, it has morphed and survived and clawed its way on, like hanging on to the earth, you know, yeah. just like grasping. But for everyone, it means something, you know, that I've talked to something positive which yeah. is awesome and i will say that like the majority of our kids and even in theater in my experience of children's theater we normally get like there will be some kids that we get that are like oh i just love theater i want to perform i'm a star and those people are awesome and you have to have those people mm -hmm. but that's not a whole we lot are those of people yes we are the star <laughs> i am a star sparkle i was sparkle. built for the state. <laughs> but I will say that I think where the theater shines is it gives those people definitely a place that's not the football field because they aren't going to live there. Yeah. And it gives them a place to do what they want to do and that they know they want to do, but it also gives a place for, 
you know, people who are shy and that don't necessarily have the best social skills yeah, or aren't accepted for whatever reason in their other little worlds in school. And it gives them an area that automatically everyone is accepted. Yeah. And we talk about that in the beginning of every show, the beginning of every class that there's, there's no judgment. You're in a, you're in an area where that kind of stuff doesn't matter. Everyone is weird. We're going to do some like funny stuff and we're going to play pretend, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is what it's about, but we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And it just normalizes it. And it's so, so cool because, you know, you get those kids that don't necessarily like think that they're interested in theater and maybe they're not really interested in performing. But what's cool is that they get a home. Yeah. And so they're interested in the friendships and the experience. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they're not going out there thinking I'm going to deliver the best performance of my life. They're thinking, how awesome is this that I'm connecting with all these other people and that I am a cog in this machine yeah. and that without me, this doesn't work. And yeah. so you then give every single person this extreme importance Mm -hmm. for a lot of people that don't get that in any other, like, you know, that you don't get that in other places. I may not feel important anywhere else, but I know that if I'm in a show, no matter who I am without me, it doesn't happen. And it's so cool to see, you know, people run off, uh, and then like, Oh my gosh, did you see, did you see, did you see? Yeah. And, you know, talking about their moment that they just had on stage. Now I'll say like the little kid shows, sometimes I do just kind of want to rip every hair out of my like <laughs> body, just like <laughs> like a naked mole rat. Is that why you I always shave your there. beard for the kid show? <laughs> um, of course, now I have the face mask. I'll just go through all the face masks, <laughs> all of them. Um, but, you know, I mean, most of the time I, I think I've only ever gotten frustrated, like frustrated, angry one time. But. And I think what's so hard about that feeling, especially in children's theater, is I have this I have this kind of unspoken rule that I I cannot lose my cool. Yeah. And I I will try very hard to figure out other ways to make sure that I don't do that, whether yeah. it is I'm gonna be very quiet and tell everyone I am disappointed. I expect more. You all need to leave. And then they just end up looking at me and it feels very uncomfortable. But I'm like, you have to leave because when that door closes, I'm going to scream. Yeah. <laughs> because this doesn't make any sense because it is hard, especially when you've been you've spent so many hours in there and you just think, I mean, and this isn't just with children's theater. It's really with all community theater. But yes. You spend so many hours working on this thing and. And you know that there's this understanding that for everybody else, it may not be on the level of importance that it is for you, but you've poured your heart and soul into it and you're putting yourself at financial risk for it. Yeah. And you are putting yourself at relationship risk for it (laughs) and just like on every level. And then somebody come in there and act like it's not important. That is hard to swallow sometimes. But I do have this thing of I just don't think in a children's theater setting, especially, I mean, really in any setting, but especially a children's theater setting that it is okay to scream and to holler whenever they don't do something that they're supposed to do. This isn't a youth baseball field. I mean, no, this is completely different. You are asking these kids to do something so out of their comfort zone Mm -hmm. that they have to be terrified. 
And even if they're just goofing around and having fun, I mean, you're giving them an area to do that. And yeah, you have to be serious and you have to do the show. That's the reason why you're there. But I mean, they, they're kids. Yeah. When I was a kid, oh my God, I was like a little terrorist. It was crazy. I was just like, <laughs> I would go into every kind of situation and be like, I am, thank you for this, all of this structure. Yeah. Now watch me blow it up. <laughs> I'm going to make all of this miserable for everyone, and then I'm going to feel bad about it. Henceforth, your mom saying, there is only one of you. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> but I just, I always, I was always looking for a great time. I just wanted to have fun. I wanted to make everyone laugh. Yeah. And I know that if, I, I have to remind myself this all the time in class, like that kid that constantly is trying to crack a joke, that is me. Yeah. That is me. Don't be mean. That is me. It's really hard to see yourself reflected back at you and you're like, I hate me. Speaking of <laughs> uh, just like kids, I'm just wondering your thoughts. Lexi, so there, there's this thing at the moment. There's a kid because I'm going on this trip. It's mm -hmm. like I'm chaperoning this trip with the school. And uh, this has nothing to do with the podcast. This is just here okay. we go. Um, and. I'm the only male chaperone. So I am chaperoning these guys, these eighth graders. And it has been brought to my attention today that they have started pre-planning doing some like pranks, some like camping pranks. And when this was brought to my attention, I was like, game on dudes. You have no idea what's about to happen to you. I'm going to ruin the rest of your life. There is going to be a piece of this camping trip that is going to live inside of you forever. You will never just, shake it. You work. will be 40 years old and in the dark you're going to you're going to wonder is today the day. Today's the day that he's going to come back. I'm going to be 85 and it's going to be terrible. But just not where I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going to be like, no, we are not doing pranks. Not cool. I was, no, I mean, this isn't a show. I was like, I'm about to ruin your lives. Yeah. You have no idea. My entire life, every summer, church camp. You think I'm not ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> I've been training for this my whole life. I will freeze your underwear for the so, whole week. <laughs> no, I was more like, I'm going to put powdered Kool-Aid in the shower head and turn you blue. Like, that is actually true. For everyone listening, powdered Kool-Aid <laughs> will dye a person's skin. Dye their skin. I was like, you just, you come at me. Come at me and see what happens. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I've kind of already started to lay the groundwork today. Once I found, I heard this whisper, I spoke to another teacher and was like, hey, this is what I need you to just drop this little piece of knowledge. We're just going to do some nuggets um, leading up to the trip next week. And when it happens, it happens. And uh, if they decide to prank, then we're going to bring this to flourishing. And um, oh, my God. I told this to Lexi. And I totally different response. Not expect. She was like, <laughs> you're the adult. You're you can't do that. You're the adult. I was like, no, this is a camp. We're camping. This, this is a this, this is a is fun camp. trip. This, this is, is not a school trip. Like they're pranking me. If they prank me, I get to prank them. That's the way it is. She said, that's bullying. It's, like, it's not bullying. She said, if you dye their skin blue. And I was it's like, called revenge. You do like, something no, back no, no, to no, someone no. so said, bad they, they never want to mess with you again. I was like, they're coming at me. Yeah. What are you what They're are you the bullies. About? I don't understand. I'm retaliating. 
I'm not going to I'm not going to show up there on Monday and be like, all right, I'm about to ruin their lives for no reason. <laughs> but if they come at me, I'm not just going to take that it. would almost be a better story. <laughs> <laughs> just for the first day, like, thank you for coming. Get ready for high school. Yeah, you just you literally get them first before they even get she you. She was basically like, you're going to lose your job. So I am curious in our society. Is a prank OK anymore? Like, is that OK? Am I going to be fired? If I, as a 33-year-old, prank a 13-year-old. <laughs> I I am the wrong person to ask because I grew up watching those 90s movies. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, this is Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. This is Fat Camp. This, what are we doing? This is Joe Pesci trying to get Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, this is Home Alone, baby. <laughs> I'm dropping these pancakes. And you're literally Macaulay Culkin in this. I'm Because they're yes, united against so you. There's so many of them. Yeah. I'm the cute blonde kid. You're kind of just happens mm, to be 33. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're the convicts. <laughs> they're the wet bandits. Trying to rob my house. <laughs> I just anyway. So I maybe whenever all this is done, we can have a recap of what I, uh, actually transpired. Yeah, when you get but back. now, I'm filled with all this doubt because whereas before I was like, I am going to take them. They're never going to forget my name. <laughs> Look, I'm on the be... I'm on your side on this in that you're going away. You know what? It's just like what starting it reminded it. me of was when we were in Peter Pan and that little jerk while we were on stage filled our room with confetti, glitter, and silly string, our dressing room. Do you it remember wasn't, this? I want to clarify. It wasn't just filled. This is the first time we've ever publicly acknowledged this has even happened. Yeah, I know, I know. We have never talked about this before. It but. was in and on everything. everything. It was an Costumes, inch deep. Oh my gosh. Personal stuff. I was so upset. And that's not my thing. You're going to prank on stage like you're you're done. You're done with me. That's not cool. You don't do anything that's going to take away from the integrity of the show. It's not fair. Yeah. You want to do that? You do it in a rehearsal, if mm-hmm. anything. Don't do it during a show. Yeah. That just isn't the way that it works. And we were on stage. We had like we were on stage that whole time. I was exhausted. And we went into that dressing room. And I, we knew who it was because they were watching us go in. Oh, yeah. Well, I do want to say from my perspective, we walked back to the dressing room and you stopped in the door and had one second. You yanked me in, shut the door and locked oh, it. Oh, I slammed that door and locked it. <laughs> you were like, whoa, <laughs> forgot about that. Because <laughs> you stopped it like, and I no ran into one you. I was like, see. what are you doing? <laughs> clean everything yeah clean it all i mean we cleaned everything we scooped up all of that stuff put it in a trash can and opened the door wide open and let everyone everyone see that was clean the first three people that walked by i was like those were the people yep it was them well what was also great was everyone walked by wide-eyed like oh wait this room was trashed what happened yeah it was it was a really it was a really good moment and then when we for sure knew who it was, we took all of that that was <laughs> in that room. And by the way, this was, I don't know if you would have put this into perspective of what I was just talking about, but this is like an 11-year-old. Like 11 or 12, <laughs> yeah. And we filled his backpack, his school backpack. Yes. With all of it. Which he didn't open until he got to school on Monday. And yep, opened that up and it's like, that's right. Don't mess with Captain Jazz Hook and Smee. (laughs) (laughs) 
jazz jerk. Uh, <laughs> That's how he signs everything. It just made me think of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and you getting thrown off that boat. Oh yeah, just, ah! like jazz, <laughs> jazzy jazz. <laughs> Captain Jazzy Jazz Hook. I didn't even. That would be or Jazzy that is Jeff. A Peter Jazzy Pan. Jeff. That is a Peter Pan. I would see. Yeah. Who the Fresh Prince of Neverland? <laughs> <laughs> now this is a story all about how. Oh, uh, told from Wendy's perspective. Um, but yeah, I see you telling me that. I forgot all about it. I agree. They started. That's it. what I'm saying. They started. They it. did that, and all we did is just returned all of his items that That's he right. left in our room. He bought that stuff. So if anybody wants to send me an email about how I'm a terrible human being, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> we just found out. <laughs> you're, you're too late, and it was justified. Mm-hmm. Lexi's rolling all of her eyes, but still, I just now I don't I don't know what Does I'm supposed matter? to do. Like you're in DC, now, you're already doing it. I'm not it. in DC. You keep saying DC. We're going to Texas. I think we are Washington DC. No, the the thing is is that they always go to DC, but they can't because of COVID. So we're going, we're going like they got a camp in Texas and at like this nice place in Texas that is a summer away camp. I'm going to be honest with the you. Kids. You're saying this. I know you've said this. I did I not listen you to all the words you said. Oh my goodness. We got to go to like therapy <laughs> or something. <laughs> You and I go to couples yeah, therapy. Yeah, we need to go to couples therapy. This is ridiculous. You never listen to me. That's um, fair. You talk a lot, though. <laughs> That's it's fair. It's hard to take it all in. I'm just trying to wait. There's a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to this. That's the whole thing. I'm like, we're so it going actually to a is a camp. camp. Then, yes, oh, it's a camp no, camp. no, they started it, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's like, if they do something to me, I can do something to them. Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, I'm thinking, I'm going to send a text message to every single one of their parents. And just be like, listen, I heard that this is happening. And in the event that these kids try to mess with me, I'm going to ruin their life. (laughs) For four days, at least. And Lexi also said, she was like, but just remember, you're going to come back and you have to finish out the rest of the school year with these people. I said, yes. And they will respect what has happened to them. Yes. (laughs) But this is also why Lexi has continued to get promotions. That's all, that is true. That is that's why she's that's why she's successful. That's she's successful in what she does. She said I believe like you five said it times, earlier. You're, this is why you're the executive. Yeah, you're the executive director. That's why I didn't give myself that title. You were the obvious choice. I'm the owner. Yeah, I'm the creator of this company. I made you the boss. Yes, like, what are you talking about? I'm not an idiot. I wish that uh, whenever uh, the job interview was very extensive, I was like, hey. um... I'm going to be the artistic person. This is you. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. I'm a part of this. Oh. Like, All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, so uh, this is what I want to do. Tell me if I can. <laughs> yeah. But in summary, uh, yeah, you're going to an actual like stay away camp. Absolutely. They start it. You got to well, finish it. And I said, you, you know, there's it. another teacher that organized this whole thing. She's already acknowledged the fact that she's she's the boss. Like, mm-hmm. She can't do these things. I can. Look, really, all I'm saying, like, my biggest thing was, I guess I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, what I told her to tell the kids was that I um, have a sleepwalking disorder. <laughs> That's why your last name is Walker. Yeah. Um, that I have a sleepwalking disorder and that it is a genetic thing. 
and that it did not appear until the last couple of years. And since it's new, it's really severe. And um, that they don't want, that they can't talk to me about it because I'm sensitive about it. And uh, that in the event that I am sleepwalking, that they can't wake me up because I could be violent. Because <laughs> I have to sleep should, in this should. center block room with all of these guys. I'm like, if I'm asleep in it, like they are, I'm never going to, I'm not going to sleep for four days. No, no. Yeah. And it's going to smell awful in there. It's going to smell terrible. I'm bringing, I'm going to just bring all the deodorant. Yes. It won't um, matter because they'll bring it. spray Axe on top of it's their gonna, nasty yeah, smell. It's going to be really bad. Um, what you should do is tell them that you have night terrors. Oh, we've, we talked about that too. Sleepwalking so night terrors. I think that I like could just 3 a.m. wake immediately up. Immediately I started <laughs> thinking about that person on TikTok. It's like, I'm going to get one of those onesies that people like Mike Brabiglia wear so <laughs> yes. that they don't hurt themselves and run out of windows. And I'm going to act like I have to sleep in that every night. And if they're trying to mess with me, I'll just stand <laughs> up and start walking slowly around and screaming. And don't wake you up because you can be because I can be violent. I just think it's brilliant. You're gonna, but I was, you're gonna I was come like, back. You have to tell them this in a way that, like, our boss, the principal of the school, said they have to know this information before we go. Yeah, just in case because, like, their parents have already signed off or whatever. But I said you have to tell them like lay a little bit of the groundwork this week, and then when they get to school, so they can't ask their parents if they actually signed off on it. Yeah. When they get to school for us to leave, you need to tell them before I get on the bus or something. Needs to happen. To my benefit, though, on the back end of this, when you come home, you're going to be like, that was the worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> Everything I'm hurts. Fired. I'm so tired. And I'm fired. I somehow don't have um, a job If anymore. you get fired, we will not be doing this podcast anymore. Say, Lexi so will have strangled you. Apparently, we're no longer Homer renovating a rehearsal space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what has happened. We'll be doing this at my house. You'll be living with me. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I think it'll be a fun time. I don't, I just like made me think about that for some reason. Yeah. This trip. I just am curious because like growing up when I was a kid at summer camp, it was terrifying. Oh, my God. I was scared all the time. It's just no. constant state of someone is going to mess with me and how am I going to retaliate? Yeah. You couldn't really do any pre-planning because you didn't know where it was coming from. And you don't have to do pre-planning if you start it. The adults were worse. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, no. They they took things to a new level. I almost got kicked like, oh, oh, no. No, no. Never let's. Never mind. It's it's time. Oh, it's okay. Good because we don't. <laughs> Before you we don't need to keep going down this path. Yeah, this doesn't even have anything to do with our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We brought it. We tied it in pranks. Peter Pan. There you go. Doing that this summer, by the way. Are we? No. Yes. Your, your kids are doing this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, doing that at the we Fox. Doing that? I don't <laughs> like, wait a minute. Hold on, because I don't remember it. <laughs> do you remember that time whenever I accidentally hooked your back? We can talk about that on the way out. Yeah. I swung that hook, and you were like, "Uh, yeah." You caught me, and I was. <laughs> you look back, went like through my your hook? shirt. I was. Yes. I'm still confused about how that happened, and I didn't hurt you. Just hit just the shirt, just the shirt, just pierce the shirt. I have a picture of it. It's uh, it's actually on your Instagram, I believe. Yeah, because I just that ugh, still scares me a little it's bit. It's a thin shirt. It was old. About it doesn't you. matter. Alrighty then. Well, that was a. Uh, that was the moment you almost died, so I think that we're good. So, yep. That was Cody. Oh my god.
try it again. That was just rough. That was rough. That just felt like you didn't really care. Okay. Well, <laughs> that is Cody. <laughs> and oh my God, that's Chris. Dafanopoulos. Yeah, no, no, I was <laughs> just being careful. I was like, had a good. moment. Yeah. Well, I've got the rest of that. Okay, cool.